0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of What's New in Cloud FinOps. And this one is a re special with me, Frank Contrepois, and colleague and friend.
1: Stephen Old. Hi, Frank.
0: Oh, hello. So this is quite exciting time. This is about re and new things are coming our way continuously. <clears throat> and we're trying to pick up just the things which are FinOps related. So if you want to save money, stay on. So the first one really is Amazon Kinesis Data Stream on Demand. So that's quite a big deal. So Amazon, Amazon Kinesis is, is, is a way to manage uh, in real time big amount of, of information flowing in, having them real time analyzed and out. And until now, you really needed to size this thing upfront. And so you needed to think about how much, you know, the old ways almost of uh, managing computers with capacity management. How many megabytes per second will I need? How many records per second will I need? And you need to size it and prepare it for that. Now, AWS is presenting a way to say, no, you just need to set it up and we'll take care of everything else. Like on the on-demand, it will expand and shrink as needed. By the way, I'm sure I've seen the expand. I'm not sure about the shrink, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So that that's quite an interesting one. It will simplify enormously uh, the amount of things, and you don't have to over provision your kinesis all of a sudden. You can just m- make it start and then let it grow.
1: Cool. Um, right. So my first one in this part one of we're going to do two episodes on. Um, on reInvent is AWS Marketplace for containers anywhere to deploy your Kubernetes clusters in any environment. Um, So, you know, article talks around that there's 300,000 customers using Marketplace, which is less than I anticipated actually. It's It's really great. And as we talked about, I think in October, um, you can now connect it up with your your purchase orders as well. Uh, But you can now uh, subscribe to third-party applications um, from the AWS Marketplace and deploy them into ECS or EKS. Um, so even simpler, you know, it's it's like buying up an AMI or, you know, getting an AMI off there. Same kind of concept, but straight into your um, into your clusters. Um, Interestingly enough, not onto Fargate. But I guess, yeah. well, not that I can see, right. but Fargate's run off ECS, so, so maybe. But I guess Fargate's when you're not having to worry about your own code being deployed and you're not having to worry about that here anyway because it's custom, you know, it's it's code you're buying from someone else. So I guess it just being managing ECS um, and you're managing, but you still manage the scaling rules and stuff in ECS. Mm-hmm. But, I, but yeah, Anyway, or EKS, but anyway. Quite cool. Um, another way of, of buying things um, and being able to buy them into into smaller uh, smaller things, which are therefore cheaper, um, and gives you a greater control of your capacity management, which in cloud terms is cost management.
0: Uh, and a question for you, due to my ignorance, really in AWS marketplace in this case, is this a way to transmit also software through containers yeah. that you can immediately deploy? So I don't know, whatever software I want, I can I just buy the container image at this point? Yes,
1: exactly nice. right. So while you used to be able to buy AMIs, now you can yeah, buy a yeah. container image. Okay.
0: Perfect. So, yeah,
1: or rent fast. AMIs, I suppose it is, isn't it? Yes, yeah. that's how you look at it, yeah.
0: So next one is new storage-optimized Amazon EC2 instances with Kraviton 2 processors. And the names are quite strange for me. So... In the past, AWS will have one letter and then a generation and then another set of letters. So this one is called I M 4 G N. So if you've, and I S 4 G E N. So if you follow AWS, it's normally we're on generation five, six, seven. Feels strange to have four and now we have two letters. So that really got me, took me by surprise, the G I. But overall, though, this is a, storage optimized system. So the the CPU is not much, it's not the the most powerful one, but it is for those things when you need lots of storage extremely fast, uh, but not memory, sorry, not very memory intensive. So that's social games, Uh, it says session storage, chatbots, search engines are all going to be things that are going to work very well here. And the other things for example is uh, streaming platforms, social media monitoring, stream processing. So it's they are really building new set of instances exclusively based on, I would say, few use cases. But yeah. it's not that there is enough people, or they're going to go. It, uh, do will we still need the R and the M, which are just boxes? G-
1: generic, yeah, yeah. I know. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because these are all powered by gravitons. Yes. Graviton two. Obviously, um, we will later be talking about um, the preview of graviton three. Um, and it's about backend file system. You know, it's it, the yeah. really running great file systems. But I would imagine if you're using a Windows file system, you'd struggle to run that on graviton,
0: right? Oh, you would not be. able You wouldn't to be
1: able them. to exactly right? right. So this would be people running. Um, you know cluster stuff like that uh, in which case often you're using probably efs or similar these days so i'd be interested to see exactly when this really comes into its own yes. uh, because i don't think i've come across a use case so far in, in my experience where this just jumps out at me go, well, oh yeah i need this yeah they, that's why
0: they give some example which i saw that's why i think we're not the only one Struggling there, mm. uh, and it is so. You need dense SSD, high compute, not memory. So that social games, session storage that would be caching, chatbots, mm. and search engine. Search engine who would have thought they would love
1: high uh, <laughs> memory? Yeah, but you've got elastic search and you've got exactly. elastic cache. Yeah. So there unless these are going to power those, so you can have. But they're all living in RAM, like, oh, maybe, well, maybe this is, I guess, maybe that's the argument. Stop having to pay for the RAM yeah. in your ElastiCash and start running it on, you know, high throughput. Oh, well,
0: I'm not sure. We'll see. Anyway, it's quite an interesting thing. So if you're listening to this and you say, oh, you're, you guys are completely missing the point, let us know.
1: Because yeah, it's we accept that that is highly likely. <laughs> Um, right. The next one for me is AWS Outpost Servers in Two Form Factors. Uh, I find that a slightly odd way of putting it, but for those of you who don't know, AWS Outposts, it is a service where, uh, well, service, is that the right one? Basically having on-premise AWS, so you get racks put into your data center. Originally, it came out just as a 42U rack, so you can basically get a, a whole rack of AWS, uh, which could run a whole number of different services on there. Uh, they have realized that's a bit big for certain organizations, certain things they're doing. I, I think the one they call out in the article is if you are running like retail stores or clinics, stuff like that. And obviously, my background's, you know, a lot of stuff in retail. So I get that. And you have to have something on prem, you know, in the site. Yeah. Uh, having, you know, a rack A is very expensive, but B just isn't worth doing. You now have a one U or the um, or, well, There are two two use options as well. The 1U uh, is a C6GD uh, 16X large, which is based on Graviton, 64 CPU, 128 uh, gig of RAM, and a 3.8 terabytes of SSD. And then the 2Us are basically the 16X large and the 32X large, both based on the ice lake. Um, so if you need to have x86-based systems, you need to have a bigger um you know um, a bigger server in there high number of you um but yeah so you now can get a smaller version of um of outposts there's a lovely picture of of jeff um <laughs> sporting one um with one of his colleagues i believe uh but yes yeah, so that's that's there that's interesting it's been a couple of years since Outpost came out and now they are making it a bit more accessible. I don't know how well Outpost has gone. I don't know anyone that's using it in Angus that I can think of. Um, I did look at it for one project, but uh, this might make it more interesting for people who want to have somewhat managed hardware in their in their retail stores. Uh,
0: so it shows also that there is a need, there is a market which is big enough for Amazon to move uh, in the hybrid market, really in the hybrid world mm-hmm. that people are needing. Do, do you have service? Is it only... Uh, EC2 or can
1: you run RDS on Outpost? I believe RDS, ECS. I I mean, I have to go back and check all the things that run on it because that's not in this article. Um, Well, in fact, let me see if I can hook the link up to the services that run on it. Uh, It's not making that dead easy on the pages I'm on. I'll keep having a look, but I I, from, I seem to remember talking about previously, or maybe not talking about um, AWS compute, storage, database, other services run locally on Outposts. So yeah, it does look like that. Um, yeah, same like you. I I remember that there were
0: other things that he. I
1: remember talking about RDS for sure. Too. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing.
0: Cool. So next one, next one is quite big. It's quite interesting how they are announcing it. So this is the Amazon EC2 C7G instances powered by the new AWS Graviton3 processors. So we've just came back, well, 2019. 2019, uh, we had uh, the, the Graviton2, lots of things have really, lots of things are moving towards Graviton2 and you see that they're just announcing and it is a preview. And I have to say, yeah, so it, it's really cool. So Graviton is moving forward, which is really interesting. And it seems to deliver 25 more compute, uh, much better in cryptography and floating points. There is also seems to be capable of doing some machine learning. So really, really interesting type of CPU and evolve into the direction that uh, AWS sees in the market, which is quite cool. At the same time, I can't not think that it, it looks very much like we, as we discussed in previous podcasts, uh, the AMD new chips are really gonna make a dent into what we, what I think of well, the market of the Graviton two, and and AWS is protecting the Graviton by presenting it there and saying like, "Good, wait for it, please, please wait for it, don't go, mm-hmm. don't change immediately." Yeah. Um, it still it looks is. very interesting.
1: Yeah. To confirm, you can have RDS, Elasticash, and EMR all on Outposts. Perfect. Thank you. No problem. Uh, it took me a little while to find that in the documentation, but there is a bit called AWS Services on Outpost Rack. So it wasn't that hard to find if i looks in the right place. Um, flying on, talking about the instances, I believe I'm now on the... Um, the M6A, yeah. so maybe just based on what you've been talking about with the 7 and the way we feel there's concern. So the new AMD EPYC, um processors, I think these ones are the – I always get them mixed up. Is it Milan now? Milan, the, the latest oh, yeah. ones? I think it was Rome. Rome was two and Milan's three, I think, off the top yes. of my head. I, I don't think it says that in this um, document. But, yes, so the M6As are live. Um, The third gen AMD Epic processors, they are absolutely um, fantastic from from what we hear. Uh, 35% uh, price performance, better price performance versus the the M5As. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's significant compared to the issue we had in, oh, I want to say it was October, uh, where it didn't list reserved instances. Mm-hmm. um it now says that it is um available on demand spot and residences at or as part of a savings plan so okay. they have actually talked about it and brought it up interesting yes one of the things one of our guys a very clever guy that if you've listened to podcast a lot um john bryant has has gone and looked at is that it looks like there is no longer a um price reduction on um generation to generation, just a performance increase. So that they are now focusing on, um, as in on demand. Um, so they're focusing on the uh, the performance improvement. And then it looks like potentially on savings plans slash RIs, the discount's gone down. Uh, we're gonna do a bit more investigation on that but it looks like you don't get as much savings as you could. So they really are focusing on, hey, if you want to do this, it's about the performance rather than the price. And that might just be that they've hit a layer. Like we always used to say that it was about them being able to get better capacity and power um, output and stuff from the newer chips. Maybe they've just hit a, a bottom tier where that does make a difference. But I do find that quite interesting on the 6As because they're meant to be really a lot more um energy efficient so is that just not the case is the fact that energy is now costing more so that efficiency isn't bringing the benefit or is it that they're just looking to keep a bit more money for themselves um i don't want to be cynical but i think it could be that (laughs) also they want to hold the gravitons right and they can only take the gravitons so like and they want to be able to keep those in in uh in competition yes Mm mm-hmm we're so cynical.
0: Uh, well, that, that's, that's usually. Let's be clear. Most of the time, when you when you say how company works, you just need to start looking at the business model. And when you start from the business model, lots of decisions. All of a sudden, makes so much sense. But this is not the topic. Um, next one is another instance type another instance powered by Graviton2 and NVIDIA T4G Tensor core GPUs, and it is the G5G. So the first G is capitalized, the second G is not. And what I found extremely interesting about this one is that, okay, so it's a mix of, you have a, you have a CPU, you have an NVIDIA, so you have GPUs there, you have good network bandwidth, but it is what is the most important and first-in-place use case is streaming Android gaming, which I have to say I've never before thought of. I, I'm just not enough on the Android gaming to, to understand. So that seems to be an instance style that is built mostly for Android game developers. Yeah. So the good thing is it's ARM, and usually cell phones are ARM, so you don't have to cross-compile anything. But yeah, quite cool.
1: So someone reached out to me on LinkedIn today, an old friend of mine, um, who I don't know will want to be named, so I won't name him. Uh, but he was, he, uh, I can't be really commented on my LinkedIn post about this because I was I'm firing all these out via LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, but he was talking to me about, you know, how you could use these as a kind of short-term gaming um uh levels as well. So you could be running them on spot and run game. And it's very interesting. It was exactly like you talk about this. He he quite enjoyed it. And we were talking about um like the building something on on spot the challenges that it could be taken away from any time etc and we talked a little bit about the fleet stuff but that doesn't really solve the problem that you'd be interrupted um and then whether this was actually something where the preemptibles would fit better because you could guarantee them for 24 hours and that kind of thing is really quite interesting and then we went to look at what would be your um comparison um on the um on google you know for the chip because there isn't really the same thing but there's a new towels isn't there the um the nvidia based um uh amd chips uh, but they are not arm right so it's yeah. it's an interesting one but they, you know they are comparatively powerful but they they are still x86 so really interesting to see how that one plays out and i think there's going to be some interesting business models people start building out around being yes. able to use these new chips so or yes. new machines right
0: again it shows how uh, dedicated and specific to use cases those kind Mm -hmm. of uh, generational instances are
1: absolutely absolutely couldn't agree more right i've got two that we're bundling into one here and i'm saying that out loud to remind me to make sure i talk about both of them um it's all around the aws compute optimizer Uh, the first is that the resource efficiency matrix to estimate savings opportunities and performance risks um so You can now see the uh, resource efficiency metrics in a dashboard. You can get on-demand estimated monthly savings and what the percentage of saving opportunity is, as well as a bit of an idea of the current performance and where bottlenecks live. So that's quite interesting. It's looking at EC2, Lambda, and EBS um, at resource and account levels. And it's pretty easy to read, quite easy to see. You can see how many are under-provisioned, you can see um, where the potential wastage and it's just another way of being able to have a proper look at your computer and, and how well you're doing um, and then it gives you kind of a counter of your current performance risk whether that's low high or all this kind of thing um, and then the next piece of this and this is why we've linked up and they're both articles written by uh, Danilo uh, Poche, um, is that you can now have the enhanced infrastructure metrics to extend the look back period to three months so you can actually have a good look back it used to be four i believe and i apologize if i'm wrong i believe it used to be 14 days Mm -hmm. um and now it's three months um pretty easy to change it is a paid feature um they do make that clear but you can now have a, a good longer look back at what's been going wrong for for how long
0: Yeah, I I like being able to optimize like this is really, really useful. And it's, and it's also a perfect introduction to the next topic, Mm -hmm. because it's also about optimization. But this one, it is DevOps Guru uh, for RDS. And the idea is, again, this is a database, it is for, um, they tell RDS, but the reality, it seems to be only Amazon Aurora. Um, But in Almost in real time, the system will analyze and use machine learning to identify bottlenecks and things which are going slower. But not only telling you it's going slow, it's just finding the root cause of that, and so you can effectively, hopefully, when when things happen and they happen quite often, so that when you you have a database that is working fine, and all of a sudden something that you're not expected, and it can be that you are extremely successful, all of a sudden your database start failing. And if you have this system on, it will tell you what you should do, which is really cool, uh, especially in time of need like this. So I like the idea, I need to try that out, but I don't think I have a complex set of Aurora DB running so that it really will trigger anything. But that that I think it is really, really cool.
1: It is, and, I agreed. And I'm glad you put that one up because um, you're so much better at the data stuff than I was, but I did think it was really interesting. And that I, I just remember a lot of time hmm. spent in in my old uh, organization looking at how to optimize RDS, like a lot, yeah. because it was always a big cost in retail uh, when you're doing a lot of e-commerce stuff and, and really working out how you you can improve your queries and stuff. And there were some massive wins there, and and but you needed, and we had some very very clever people who could go in and work it out. This hopefully will start helping people. <laughs> to not have spent as much time doing it
0: yeah well i I used to be even earlier than that before rds i was really tweaking the the storage the memory the access all this kind of stuff and that was madness compared to today simplification brilliant
1: cool right um i'm on aws migration hub refactor spaces helps to incrementally refactor your applications now when i read this initially i was like you can't have a service that's refactoring stuff for people that's just too much magic it's not possible refactoring is a long hard and very rewarding process but it's it's not quick it's not easy and it's like a diet right if it was quick and easy everyone would be doing it um so i would just kind of start thinking this sounds a bit too good to be true as you read into the document. And listeners, this is to show how clever Frank is. I said to Frank, it's based on the Strangler fig design pattern. Do you know what that means? And Frank, what was your response? (laughs) Yes, I do. (laughs) APIs. (laughs) And I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) So what this is basically doing is it is setting you up so that you can um, break out the different parts of your application your monolithic application by api calls and that you can then separate these api calls to start directing to a new place as you break out that part into a new microservice and it already handles how the traffic would get there and the account setup etc so it breaks these things all apart for you to mean that you don't have to worry about how you're going to break it apart part and make it carry on working it's taking away some of that headache by basically setting up a load of um api gateway as frank says it's it's clever um i love the analogy and it's because of the trees that that well the um well so it is a tree but the plant that um overtakes of the plants and basically puts its um its roots on the outside of the its host plants it's that kind of idea it's building around the the monolith um so yeah it's it's pretty cool pretty helpful i guess if you're struggling to know where to start or you're worried about breaking stuff it's it's some guardrails there for you that i think will be very neat and that's the last one i've got
0: yes that's the last one for today oh i know that we already have another set ready for next podcast so Mm -hmm. expect more to come absolutely Uh, yeah what what, what do we have we have E- ebs snapshots and oh, oh there's weaker. loads of stuff loads it, of stuff it's, yeah it's really time guys so. yeah
1: enjoy it it's like christmas <laughs>
0: christmas,
1: christmas for techies try. yes cool <laughs> all right well thanks frank thanks everyone for listening and uh yeah. will we you'll probably be hearing us again tomorrow on the next podcast bye bye <laughs>